The views and opinions expressed by the producers, hosts, and guests of Flash Black Radio do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Flash Black or its parent company. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, beautiful people. This is FlashBlackRadio.com. We are the usual suspects, and this is shit you might have missed. Dialing in today on September 17th, 2017, we have the lovely T. Rich. What up? And we also have the lovely K. Savage. Hi, friends. How you doing? Missing today from today's show. Today from today's show, Jesus. Uh, missing from today's show would be one Slim Williams. He had to go okay. get that money. Sir Bobby of House Heather. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I am Lee Bennett the Third, aka Da Vinci Parks. We thank you for listening in. Uh, we also apologize for not being here last week. We took a week off. It was my birthday. I just hit the big four oh. Whoop whoop. Yeah. So uh, welcome to the club, man. Yeah, man. I had I had to take a little time off, man. I didn't want to be editing and whatnot on my birthday. So I decided to take some time off. So that's what I did. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we have a few things I guess we could talk about. We could talk about Kim Jong-un and his uh, his sending rockets over Japan. Uh, we could talk about that. We can talk about Trump calling Tillerson, excuse me, not Tillerson, Sessions, an idiot in front of his staff. Really? Yeah. Uh, we could talk about uh, the fact that, you know, the UN's having a meeting and nobody knows where the hell Rex Tillerson is. Uh, we could talk about that. Uh, we could talk about the firefighter that said he would rather save a dog than a million niggers. A million niggers. Uh, we could talk about that. Uh, we, there are a lot of things we could talk about, but honestly... Um, Can we I, get into our first problematic person? Hey, let's, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's do that. Chris, this you want to take this person? away? Oh, it's a, oh, you got this to get? Um, I do have one. All right, cool, cool. She Let's get it. gets the intro. All right. Well, you know, you said you had a category, so I didn't know if you was just going to run into it. Nobody's ever said they had a category. That's like one step underneath a plethora. <laughs> <laughs> so this week and problematic as people is ESPN. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Huh. For very obvious reasons. Because uh, Jamel Hill, rightfully so, uh, called Trump a white supremacist who hangs out with other white supremacists. And I dare somebody to find the lie in that statement. And ESPN, after, what was it, like three hours after Sandra Huckabee something else? Sarah Sanders. Sarah Huckabee Sarah Sanders. Sanders. Sarah Huckabee yeah. Sanders. Mm-hmm. Said that she should be fired. ESPN tried to remove her and have her co-host, Michael Spencer? Michael Smith. Mm. Okay. It's Michael Smith. It's Michael Smith. Okay. Had him, tried to have him go on by himself, and he was like, nah. Then they tried to have two other African American co hosts come on in her place. And And his. They were trying to get rid of him, too, since he wouldn't go on without her. They tried to get him. Yeah. And then they were like, we can't have these white people coming on and replacing these two Negroes. So I guess we'll let her up here. It's just the idea that. You would remove her from 
from this sports show because you're feeling like sports and politics are separate when they're not. And also in this political climate, there is very little that is separate from politics right now. It's some bullshit. So yes, ESPN, you are a problematic person this week. A group of problematic people? Yeah. Or perhaps a category. <laughs> uh, yes. It's a lot of them. Let's be real. When ESPN thought they was going to take Jamel off the hill, they was caping for their NFL owner friends. That's what they was doing. So whole problematic people category, whole category right there. The corporate folks at ESPN and the ones that keep sucking uh, Roger Goodell's dick. Well, Goodell's all a problem in and of himself because a lot of people within the NFL don't like Goodell. So that, that's all. Been a problem. Yeah, yeah. He, he's been uh, an unlike person for a very long period of time. Years. Especially by the people that play for him, i.e., well, not i.e., um, the, the athletes. That's not an i.e. Well, that is an i.e. Anyway. Well, um, just because yeah. they got to suck his dick don't mean they like it. Um, I don't know that there are that many people, that, you know, even like Brady uh, is uh, anti- Goodell. Nobody uh, gives a shit what Brady thinks. Yeah, that's why I said even Brady. I mean, I mean, not how I feel about Brady, but Tom you know. Brady is only for Tom Brady, so. And Giselle. I don't know about that. Which part? Uh, I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think I just want to throw shade. I'm not good at throwing shade, man. I'm sorry. Nope. I'm gonna need you to provide some evidence of his benevolence. <laughs> <laughs> sure, indeed. Because that nigga been wearing a Make America Great Again hat since before they hit the motherfucking shells. You so he's problematic as fuck. Him and his white, not European, I mean European, not actually Brazilian transplant of a wife and all of her little Italian German friends who got transplanted because they were trying to whiten up the country and Brazil trying to pass them off as, as Brazilian. They not. She German. That's why her last name is Bunchen. Because they definitely have some issues in uh, Brazil with black folks. Folks of color. Yeah, I, I think. they literally brought Italians and Germans in to whiten up the country after slavery because they took a look around and was like, "Wait a minute, we done freed the darkies, and now we realize they outnumber us." Come on, white people, come on, get a get a chunk of this this rainforest over here. Come farm with us. Come live with us. Not a chunk of the rainforest. <laughs> they did. Was that the selling point? It was. To get a whole it chunk was, of rainforest. It was come west, young men and women. Yo, speaking of like the rainforest, did you hear about like this um this tribe in the Amazon that has been like massacred by the miners? Massacred by the gold miners. Like yeah. they've been out there living their lives, like untouched, and, like no communication with the outside world, just no chilling. No communication at all. And then these motherfuckers like came up and like started slaughtering them, like gold miners. And they had the nerve to brag about it. Like, yeah, that we did that. Of course. Why wouldn't they? Of course. Yeah. Why would they do anything different? Yeah, I heard about that. It's unfortunate. So, um, talking about uh, whole categories of problematic people, why don't we start with the press first? So, I find the press to be problematic because Harvey, Irma, you know what I'm saying, Texas, Florida... But what about the U.S. Virgin Islands? Because they American motherfucking citizens. So we're not asking you to talk about some random ass people in the Caribbean who like, you know what I'm saying? We should feel sorry for them because they're human beings. We're talking about actual United States of America citizens who pay taxes. 
who are so concerned about the lack of media coverage that that means you know they know that their government taxes ain't coming back to them. Their government dollars not coming back to them. St. John and St. Croix are what? Virtually uninhabitable? Mm-hmm. Something like 90 or St. John. St. John. St. Thomas. St. Thomas lost his major uh, hospital. So, like, they just sitting there chilling, no electricity in a lot of places, but some cell phone service trying to figure out when y'all going to start talking about us again. Because if we don't talk about them, we don't think about them. And if we don't think about them, we're not giving them nothing. I, w- I would venture to say that there are a lot of people who are uh, inside the continental U- United States or even I would say in Alaska and Hawaii that probably don't view the uh, those those uh, territories as part of the United States. It doesn't register to them. So oh, well, see, you bring a very valid point. Those, that just because those people aren't comfortable understanding and thinking about the fact that we have modern day colonies doesn't mean that we get to pretend they don't exist. Because yeah. they do it wasn't. It wasn't necessarily a comfort. I just think it's just a lot of people don't really think about like Puerto Rico. I, I think they know but don't know. Like Puerto they Rico. Think about not, they think about not needing a passport. You know what I'm saying to get on the mm-hmm. island. For those who've like, gone, there are a lot of people who have not not been. They just know they're there. You know what I mean? So it's just like you know, it's just the islands. They think it's just yeah. I don't think I don't think of a lot of people even it registers for a lot of people. But the name um, is literally the U.S. Virgin Islands. Yeah, then that is a very true point. Right. That is literally <laughs> the name. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, like, I'll let you, I'll let you forget about Guam. You know what I'm saying? Until like Korea reminds us, oh right, yeah, we we own them too. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But like, the Virgin Islands, come on, the now. U.S. Virgin Islands, right? The U.S. Not, not to be confused with the British ones. Exactly. Okay. British ones, right. Okay. Fair enough. Or some other random Caribbean island that has the word Saint in 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 the beginning of the title. Okay. Um. So my first. Although Saint Mark got hit pretty badly though too. Well, yeah. So my first group of problematic people was uh, the press. Okay. We're not acknowledging uh, the Americanness of the U.S. Virgin Islanders and uh, their need for help. Oh, those um, black people. Well, you know, I, I I felt like that was implied. We knew it was nothing but mostly brown people there. You know what I'm saying? But you know, there's that. And my second group of problematic people come from my own personal experience. So I was at school this week. We had a case study. And uh, the case study was about uh, children, minors. So we're not, we're not, they were children, but they were minors, 17, being given Ambien without their consent. And then somebody having sex with them after the Ambien kicked in. Whoa, 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 whoa. where's this? I'm sorry. This was just a case study we were doing. Oh. Um, but it's actually based on uh, it, well I mean you know it's based on Eddie Long so you know Eddie Eddie Long took boys to Africa Bishop Eddie Long yes. he just died right so he was taking boys to Africa uh, he took seven 17 year old boys to Africa he called them each to his room individually gave them Ambien without their knowing and then they all reported that he had sex with them wow so while we were talking about, you know, this case, what would you do? How would you handle this uh, in class? Multiple people wanted to be talking about, well, what kind of sex is this? Is this homosexual sex? Is this pedophilia? And I was like, it's rape sex. Isn't it like, both, it though? Even, even in, in that both? Wait, everybody was just taken aback. Like, what do you mean this is rape sex? I said, well, there's no consent at play. I said there was no consent over when the Ambien was given. I said, but even if there was, there was no consent to sex before the Ambien was given. 
So there can be no consent to the sex that happened after the end after the given, is given because consent has been negated and nobody agreed to having a drug sexual experience. So I it's right. A man that right, so this is right. So a man that I was talking to said, Well, are you sure? I said, I'm gonna have a, I have a vagina. Of course I'm sure. <laughs> I said, then you talking like somebody with a penis asking <laughs> like that. And he was like, well, what about legally? I said, legally, it's rape. Once it's the right. Indian came into play, their consent was off the table. It was rape. So, you know, this went back and forth. But we in a classroom full of people. One other woman in the classroom. I am the only one who, you know what I'm saying, felt like we needed to be calling this rape off the bat. And I was the only one who wasn't worried about the jeopardy of the finances of the church. And so my problematic group of people are... what. The, we, we got two subcategories here. We got Christians, you know what I'm saying, who who don't want to acknowledge the wrongdoings that are going on in their church. And see, you know, Eddie Long and, and sex with minor children, whether or not it's consensual or not, that's a problem. You know what I'm saying? We have a, a whole, you know what I'm saying, historical uh, record of sex abuse, you know, in all kinds of churches of all mm-hmm. denominations. So we know that's the case. But I mean, I feel like there's deeper issues than sex abuse. You know what I'm saying? Because there are pastors, these same people, you could imagine if we are questioning whether or not this is rape sex, we we can question whether or not people want to talk about domestic abuse. We can talk about whether or not people are really addressing dangerous mental abuse. You know what I'm saying? I mean, mental abuse and mental illness, because the reality is, you know what I'm saying? You can't tell people to pray things away and we can't sweep things under the rug because it might make (coughs) our respect come into question because I feel like where is the respectability if we are, you know what I'm saying, silently assenting to immoral and unethical and criminal acts? Where is the respectability in that? Because we pretending we respectable even though we know we stuck in a moral sewer? Like, I just feel like I need people to abandon their respectability. So for me, the, the, the problematic people are respectability people, uh, specifically church people who, you know, like if sexual morality is something that we are going to police, then you have to police rape the same way you would uh, police sex for pleasure. And then also a whole category of people, men, women, people, period, who beyond the respectability just don't want to call shit what it is because we just don't want to have that uncomfortable conversation. Well, I think I think for me that's like based upon how you're recounting this or whatever, the first thing, like, I think Takiya and I did, like, well, whoa, whoa, where did this, what? Like, it was like, we, yeah, so what I find ironic is I've heard a lot of people who are, I'm going to say Christian, obviously Catholics fall under the, the ages of Christian, Christianity. Of course they do. I know, I'm just saying, but, I, but a lot of people, a lot of people, again, this is a delineations. So a lot, when you say Christian, you don't necessarily register Catholic. So I'm just saying some of the, other Christian folk might point at Catholicism and say, well, you know, you know, the priests over there and they, they hide, you know, what they do and they move the priests around so forth and so on. But if your reaction is to first thing, try to parse, like what type of offense happened? Like, is this homosexual sex? Is this pedophilia? You know, like, like, um, it's all of the above, it, but like, right. yeah. And it's, I mean, right. it's, it's right too, but I'm just saying, but it's still, it's still that. You know, but I don't I don't think that precludes it being like, you know, like, you know, pedophilia, though. Homosexual or heterosexual, it's, it's still rape. I'm not negating that. 
I'm just saying, but the fact that they, they got hung up on, there was nothing to get hung up on. That's what I'm saying. They did, they, they, they were so hung up on what type of act it was, they missed like the fact that it was actually rape, no matter what it was. So it's just like, but these are the people who are ultimately going to be leaders in somebody's church one day. That is scary. I mean, I have my own issues with church. It, well, and see, I think I'm, I'm not trying to call out church per se. I'm really just trying to call out respectability issues because, you know, the same mindset that of people who are trying to protect the church is the same mindset. These, I don't know because I can't say for sure, but some of the very same people who would question whether or not, you know, the sex that was mentioned in this case study was even rape are some of the same people who are staunchly defending through their silence at this point, because ain't nobody really caping hard for Robert. But pe- these are the same kind of people who are staunchly defending through their silence, R. Kelly. Because if we don't say anything, if we pretend like it's nothing, you know what I'm saying, then this shit just gets to carry on and carry on and carry on. As and it has. It comes out as, right, and then when it comes out as a Lifetime movie, everybody get to be all shocked, but then we get to like condemn women. Because the other part of this, is that the question was, who do we pray for as a congregation? And everybody talked about forgiveness, but nobody talked about praying for the victims. Nobody talked about the trauma they had been through. And so what 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 really, you know, kind of struck me was that I was someplace where these are people who, you know, ideally are people you look to for moral authority, um, who you come to hoping to receive some kind of spiritual healing. And like, we don't have any kind of language to talk to victims other than to say that they must be lying or that they should be pitied because they're so damaged and broken that they or can't shamed. be reabsorbed, right? That they can't be reabsorbed back into, you know what I'm saying? The mainstream population. So I just feel like, you know, it, it, it struck a chord with me. Um, and I found the whole situation to be problematic. And to me, it was indicative of uh, deeper issues within society at large definitely the black and brown communities it was just it was troublesome especially you know as somebody who wants to go into pastoral counseling it's like well i mean i feel like i need to pass to the pastors before i can get to any member of the congregation so what what ultimately did did anything redeeming come out of this conversation did anybody like seem to perhaps get an understanding of where you were coming from or what you're trying to explain what happened to the other woman in the room did she ever you know, say anything. She was silent the whole time. And I just felt that to be like so saddening to me and off-putting. Hmm. I mean, but you know, women are the biggest uh, propagators and promoters of patriarchy. Because ultimately, because ultimately it's women who indoctrinate their children to believe the patriarchal bullshit. I can I mean, go with that. Women give birth to these men. Women condone the behavior of these little boys who grew up to be these toxic these men. Hmm. So, I mean, yeah, women, you know, but 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 I have always said never underestimate anybody's willingness to participate in their own oppression. Yeah. So I guess ultimately my problematic people would be uh, collaborators, you know, people who collaborate through their silence because silence is a sin. And a sin after a while is just tacit cooperation, which can be nothing but collaboration. 
Anyway, kind of going back to what you were saying about Robert. I feel like a lot of people have said that, but there are still so many people that, like you said, just kind of like go along with it. Right. And, and I agree with. I've never been in a space where so many people were willing to go along with something, even in a hypothetical, like even in a hypothetical, we couldn't cape for the victims. You know what I'm saying? In the hypothetical, it was still, oh, well, but you know, wait, 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 wait. What was said to me is, well, you know, we have to prove these allegations to be true. I said, you know, people can stand in open court and say that man over there who was 4,500 feet away from me in the shadow of a street light on a moon on a night with no moon shot that other man you know what i'm saying and they will send that motherfucker to jail they may even fucking put his ass to death but a woman or 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 no we're not even gonna say women victims come forward we be they men be they boys be they children a group of victims with a story with a pattern looking at you bill and people are talking about some oh but are we sure he oh did it? God. Meanwhile, meanwhile, two out of every 1,000 reported cases of rape are false. So that means that anytime somebody says, I've been raped, molested, assaulted, anything sexually untoward has been done to them, you should automatically believe them because you don't, we, two out of 1,000, we don't know enough of those. We don't hear 1,000 people over the course of our lifetime say that they're going to be raped enough to say these are those two that are lying. I don't even think we'll see a thousand cases of rape on, in our lifetimes on TV. Actual cases, not rape as a plot point, because we love rape as a we plot point. We love that. You know what I'm saying? We got we we got hours of Law and Order to give you rape as a plot point. Shit, Game of Thrones. True. You know what I'm saying? So you know, like, but I'm talking about actual cases of rape on the news. You probably see. You won't even see a thousand of them in your lifetime. I'm sure. Because I don't think we could say we see 10 every year. So collaborators, those are my problematic people. But then even when you do see them, I mean, it's in instances like Brock Turner, Mm. which is Mm. just some more bullshit. And and then the judge is collaborating Mm -hmm. because he's a good boy. His his life should not. Life. Yeah, we should not ruin his, ruin his life. Fuck the survivor. Her life is definitely going to be impacted, but he's a good kid. There's another kid like that. Not too long after Brock Turner had the same judge. I'm mean, not the same judge, but the same type of like thing happen. Where it's like, yeah, we don't want to ruin his life over one bad decision. He's gonna make that bad decision again. Oh yeah. That shit doesn't exist in a vacuum. Affluenza. Affluenza. Yeah. Man, I mean, so that that's that's kind of that's kind of crazy, right there, Chris. I, I really I don't know what to say to that, really. Right. I was so disturbed by it. I was like, I have to talk about it this week because, like, this is a thing. Like, this is a thing that exists like there are really people like this in the world and i'm surprised because i've never met any of these people in person hmm. or let me take that back i've never been put in a situation where so many people had 
such a problematic attitude. And I felt like I was alone in defending my point because they wanted to talk about the structure of the system in which we're operating. And I'm like, but it's fucking broken. And like, 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 and, and, and I'm troubled because at no point in here is anybody, you know what I'm saying? Trying to offer any kind of solutions. You know what I'm saying? The so solution is don't be a victim. So let, let me ask you as, as two women, and I'm, I'm asking this out of sincerity. Um, what, what do you think are some, some not, not necessarily solutions if you don't have them, but what are, what are some ways to address the situation that you just outlined? If, if not solutions, what do you, how do you, how would you go about it? I think that whole generation needs to die out <laughs> and we need to see what happens when we start telling little boys not to rape. Okay, but like more immediately, like like. No, I, I I actually said exactly what I think needs to happen. You can't fix people. Look, you can't fix people who don't see obvious rape for what it is. And I'm not interested in trying to fix people who don't see obvious rape for what it is. And the reason why I'm not interested in trying to fix them is because it's too fucking like. Where is the self care in that? I can't make myself sick trying to explain to somebody why a rape is a rape. And I feel like the only thing that we can do is, you know what I'm saying, continue to give women and girls and boys and other men offensive tips, you know what I'm saying, for how to try to minimize the likelihood that you will become a victim when there are circumstances in which you can actually have a slight chance of decreasing your likelihood of victimness. But other than that, until we as a society start saying to people, you know what I'm saying, don't rape. We there's there's nothing to do. Because we have a whole, you know, like for us, we're we're late 30s, early 40s, you know what I'm saying? Like we have a whole bunch of millions of people in Western society who are our age have been told all of the things that you should do as women to, to not, not be raped. raped. But ain't nobody ever said to any man in any situation that I've been in, don't be a rapist. And so we don't actually know how effective that is, but we, we need to try it. You know what I'm saying? So that's one. And two, nobody should have to tell you as a grown person, don't rape. And if somebody has to tell you as a grown person, don't rape, you're likely already a rapist. You think that your rapey uh, behavior is okay because it's normalized. Do you think um, that, but do, do you think there's value at the same time where we're like, not necessarily being told not to rape, but from the perspective of understanding um, what, what the lines are and what the boundaries are with, the, with like how to, how to approach yourself. Because again, I'm, I'm, I'm asking these questions because I feel like there are a lot of conversations that do not get had among uh, black and brown people, um, especially church going <laughs> black and brown people. So there are conversations about uh, sexual uh, identification, um, sexual interaction. Um, you can just go down the list of, of the conversations that just simply aren't had. 
I didn't have a conversation with my parents about sex or drugs, really, as a child. You're right. And so there's nothing mm-hmm. that we can do about people our age because they are already formed and the chips are But I'm not I'm speaking sex. about how wait, we wait, talk so, about the next so, people though. That's what I'm talking about. How do you how do we address now? So somebody happens to be younger well, and is you looking for guidance. Tell you because you cut me off. So what I was saying is there's nothing that we can do for the people who have already reached adulthood other than continue to give the messages we've been given and hope that they've been effective. But the reason why we need to say don't rape is because we may not be able to save your generation, but that doesn't mean that your generation can't save the children that you have. And so the conversation that we need to be having is what do we do with this next generation and how do we educate them? Well, we should be telling children that sex is for pleasure and we should be telling boys not to rape. I mean, those 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 are like two of the most basic things that we can do. Okay, how would you look at the situation in terms of being in the room? If it was your congregation and then something like that happened, how would you resolve the issue? Well, I don't go to church, so I'm I'm just saying, like, if you're in a position. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be like like results oriented saying, but I also want you to understand that as a divinity student one of the reasons why I don't go to church is because I don't deal with systemic bullshit like this <laughs> that's, that's real talk well, I don't subscribe to organizations. That's real talk. So it's not that I don't I don't subscribe to religion. I have a spirituality, but I don't subscribe to religion. Mm-hmm. And I think that churches are important. But the reason why I'm saying this to you is because, you know what I'm saying, I, I mean 100% what I say. But I also mean what I say when I say this, the rape, rape culture has to die. It's not something that you can change. You're not going to change people's hearts and minds. People got to die. But it's also constantly and I don't mean being like killed. I don't mean to be killed. I mean like that way of thinking has to be phased out. Just how like overt racism, you know what I'm saying, died with all the well, mm-hmm. it had died in public. It went to sleep. Right. There's some awesome Rumpel Stillskin shit. Not Rumpel Stillskin. What is that? Rip Van Winkle. Yeah, yeah. So but but one of the reasons why that happened is because those people who used to be able to say nigga on TV, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, pass me some coffee, nigga. You know what I'm saying? Like, those people died and their children flinched when they said that shit. Because even if they believed it, they knew you shouldn't say that in the presence of other black people. So they started saying, pass people. me some coffee, though. Right, exactly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, but, but like, but what I'm saying, though, is that these cultures only change as generations die out and other generations adopt new norms. They don't actually change because people's behavior change. They change because people die. Okay. (laughs) So, oh, and then, you know, to make it a little lighter, although not really, my last problematic person, Hillary Clinton, hosts it down. All you please, got is please. a motherfucking list of problems that you keep wanting to go over, but you ain't got no solutions. You know what I'm saying? And so because she don't have no solutions and she just want to talk about how, oh, what was us? Because she's not president. Ho, sit all the way the fuck down. And don't oh, she's stand up. not president you. because no one really wanted her to be. Girl. And she, she wrote this book and I don't understand why she thought we cared. People gonna buy it because they nosy. But not because they care or they're interested. No one cur. 
But then, of course, the Hillary stands were like, nobody's telling Bernie Sanders to sit down. Yes, we are. Please. Call the people not listening to Bernie Sanders no more. Not listening to anyone. We're not listening to Keith Ellison. Call the people not even watching the news like we should be. I am not. The shit is like, it's troubling. I just. I feel like most color people I know watched intently for like the first four and a half months. And then, then the it became overwhelming. Just, it became overwhelming. Too it's exhausting. And they're not even talking about shit. They're not actually talking about shit. And the shit that you want them to talk about, how he going to dismantle all these agencies by regulations from the inside. They're not talking about that shit. So it's like, y'all keep talking about this Russia shit. Not interested until Bob Mueller come back with his report. Hoes sit down talking about that. You know what I'm saying? Talking like, about his not, tweets and whatever. I don't give a right. shit. He's crazy. You know what I'm saying? They're not going to take his phone from him. Let's talk about how that's a national security risk. Oh, we're not going to talk about that. So not interested. Like, if we're not actually going to talk about real problems, or if we're not going to talk about real political solutions to, like, this fucked up shit that we find ourselves in, I'm not listening. Mm-hmm. For what? You know, we ain't died yet and we ain't in another war. So, you know. Do you feel like we're going towards another war? Probably. I mean, there's like two crazy motherfuckers trying to out crazy each other. And the funny thing is, the one crazy is crazy with an actual plan. He crazy with a plan, and this is a pattern that, you know what I'm saying, his country been engaging in for the last, like, 40, 50 years now. You know what I'm saying? And not only that, but he's following the Iran blueprint. And this one here, he's just like... He don't get it. He's lost in the sauce. <laughs> so the real crazy person is Donald Trump. Yes. Because Kim Jong-un, he ain't crazy. He doing Calculated. What he's right. <laughs> exactly. Crazy like a fox. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, when he had his brother killed in Malaysia, you know what I'm saying? Everybody was like, oh my God, that was crazy. Clearly there was some That's shit going on. And he was wor- Look, he was worried about somebody trying to come for his little dictator throne and he wasn't having it. You know what I'm saying? So he neutralized that shit. We don't know what the fuck is going on in North Korea, but I promise you, anybody who pull a hit on somebody like that in broad daylight, you know what I'm saying, with two bitches that they just sell out, you know what I'm saying, like whatever, y'all was some pretty girls who we just needed for this. Dude, shit is real crucial where you at. You know what I'm saying? People don't do shit like that just because, you know what I'm saying, they're a little nutty. You know what I'm saying? People do shit like that because it's real fucked up at home and you're you trying to send a message. First of all, nigga, you a problem, you gotta go. And second of all, to anybody else around here who thought they was gonna be a problem, this, this you're is- You're going to. Malaysia ain't far enough, okay? We got your itinerary. So, I mean, like... <laughs> Kim Jong <That's> itinerary. <laughs> totally sane. That is know? the name of the podcast right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. He's totally sane. It's Donald Trump who's the fuck crazy. Uh, I definitely think I both think of them crazy. Yeah, and Donald Trump is... John, yeah, he's, he's dumb. I've been saying he's dumb for a minute. Everybody was like, no, he's not. No, no he's, he's dumb. No, I don't think anyone thinks he's an intelligent or even. Uh, there were people who were trying to person. say, no, he's no, no, like, no. Nah. And I don't, I'm, I'm honestly the type of person I really don't like calling people dumb. I don't know why. Oh, I'm fine with it. I know. I don't know why. I'm personally, I, I just don't like to call people dumb, even if it's apparent that the they world. are. They are. 
but I just don't like to call people that. I feel like there's enough enough things in my vocabulary I can find something else that'd be still fitting, but I don't have to call them dumb. Look, um, I just feel like this. Some people are dumb. Now, one dumb thing ain't going to get you, you know what I'm saying, called dumb. But if your whole life is a series of dumb, stupid, dumb with your brain dumb. on, dumb. you know what I'm saying? Like, you keep looking at somebody with the screw face, like, what the fuck was wrong? Was your brain on when you did that? You get to be called dumb. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I will not engage in retarded, although personally, I feel like, you know what I'm saying, intellectually, whatever, there's too many syllables, you know what I'm saying? I don't understand. I actually, to be perfectly honest, while we gonna have this moment, I, I really don't see why retarded became a problem. I see why it's not okay to call non-retarded people retarded or to use it as an insult. But the reality is, you know what I'm saying, if what is going on is that your intellectual capacity is somehow hampered or hindered. <laughs> hindered. Any of those adjectives <laughs> will do, right? <laughs> then I just feel like, you know what I'm saying, like it's one of those things, it's like Negro. I don't know when motherfuckers decided we wanted to go from color to Negro, but I don't think black people actually voted on that. I think that was other people deciding that it was offensive for us. But the reality is, you can call me color, you can call me Negro, you can call me anything but nigga. But and then African American. The reality is, I know that you still think I'm a nigga, so it don't actually matter what you call me. I know you know what, what I'm saying? Think. I'm not offended by none of them terms because I don't even know who decided that they should go out of fashion, other than some people who write textbooks. Nobody asked me. My grandmother was cool with being called color till the day she died. So uh, let me ask you a question. Um, I, I, <laughs> I can't even ask with a straight face. I was gonna say, how do you feel about like like slaves being called workers <laughs> in textbooks? That is now a thing that is that is spreading across the country where the textbooks. That's some bullshit. Okay. That is. So that's <laughs> right. That's full of shit because workers get paid. So that's that. Right. Have benefits. You know what I'm saying? Workers get paid. You, know you can, like, move to, like, better employment. There's that. Motherfuckers was not working for free room and board in slave cabins. So, next on that one. Um, and what, what what about I little have, people versus... Uh, I, I, I kind of feel like, you know, a lot of stuff has gotten politicized. Well, like, see, here's another thing where I find, like, all right, you know, like, on the one hand, we're going to call you what you want to call you. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what we should do is respectful. Mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily sure little people decided to call themselves little people either because their actual condition is called whatever, whatever, dwarfism. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I mean, I could understand that you don't want to be equated to a magical creature. At the same time, the scientific name for what afflicts you is whatever, whatever, dwarfism. Because there's, like, 13 different types of dwarfism. That's why I'm saying it like that. I'm not being disrespectful, people. So, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, you know, if I had dwarfism, I probably would tell me, tell people, don't call, don't say little person because that's too many syllables. Call me dwarf because, you know what I'm saying? It's easy. Well, that's I don't, what I am. Is it, is it midget? But I also tell people to call me black because I tell them, first off, I'm not African. I'm not ashamed of my African descendedness. You know what I'm saying? But I actually know people who are African. I'm not one of them. I'm so far removed from Africanness. My people come from South Carolina by way of Philadelphia and Virginia. You know what I'm saying? Like we homegrown, born and bred, you know what I'm saying? Good old products of slavery. So, you know, I'm okay with just being called that and I'm okay with just being called black. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm not African-American and I also don't need a hyphen to make me feel more American because you know what? Just like poison ivy, you know what I'm saying? I am a weed. My people are weeds, you know what I'm saying, who are transplanted here. 
and you know what I'm saying? We are now an unchecked invasive species. Oh, well, that's what happens when you start tinkering with shit. Well, the only time my Americanness really comes into play is when I'm traveling internationally. That's when my right. Americanness has some sort of value. And regardless of whether I'm black or what, that blue passport means a lot. Right, because I feel like in this country, we don't necessarily feel like we're super American as black people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't speak for anybody else, but no. I know most of my friends that I've spoken to with this. Like, we American because we here. You know what I'm saying? We have, you know what I'm saying, thought about going to other places, but then realized that, like, every place is fucked up for black people. So we might as well just stay here where it's, you know, comfortable and familiar. At least we got family to be fucked up with. <laughs> Yeah, I got I actually there are a couple of things y'all said today, man, that made me think about it. And I was I was going back and forth whether or not I was going to speak on it. But uh, I actually got roped into an, an accidental conversation about race. But it's one of those things. It's just like I understand when somebody says something like a lot of times when people say something that's not appropriate, there's that that small window where you can be like, uh, I don't feel like putting on that hat today. I, I, I'm just going to. I don't. I don't feel like even engaging, but it was just so egregious. I couldn't let it hang out there because I felt like if I did that in my mind, I just fast forward like this will be a thing. You'll you'll just feel like you can just say egregious shit to me all the time, and I'll just be the one upset. So, um, the backstory on this conversation was um, one. I I have been boycotting the NFL uh, largely because of the Colin Kaepernick thing, but also because the owners have. Huh. I thought you weren't going to. No, nah, I've been bo- nah. I've been boycotting the NFL. No, nah. I didn't. Oh, I didn't even. I, did I didn't even watch any? Like I watched like a like a hair of like preseason football when I was still like on the fence about it. But I was just like, yeah, I don't. I, it's you no. Know what it's easier for me to boycott it too because my team's gonna suck. So it's e- that much easier. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, I quite honestly just I just feel like the owners and the. What's funny is, before I get to the story, is people were passing around a story about what the Eagles owner thinks about them, whatever. Like, like y'all, I didn't need to read that article. I knew when Riley Cooper was retained after calling, you know, to say, I'll, I'll fight every nigger in here. I'll fight every nigger in here. Like, first of all, you had a Kenny Chesney concert, so slow down. Sounds like two. Slow down. Okay. If you want to impress me, I mean, if you really want to impress go me, to fucking two chains concert. Go to a two chains concert. Go to an Odd Future concert. You know, just you know, like because there's a mix there. You might you might actually have some you know some some people probably not, but I'm just saying. You know, you might feel like you, you got you got to win there maybe because they got a mixed crowd. I'm sure. So I mean, dude, like, no, yeah. I want that nigga to stand at Broad and Susquehanna and say that shit. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of places he yeah a lot of places he wouldn't say it, and he had static from his own teammates, but the fact that he was retained. Um, Let's me know. But that, how, speak, but that speaks to Philadelphia. That's not just the owner. I think it's that, a little bit. No, it's it's definitely the owner because the donor, the owner set the owner sets the precedent for what happens on his team. Not just oh, that. Oh, not, not just oh. that. Not just Philadelphia, that. Philadelphia is the fourth most segregated city. Please I I get that, but, but no, but that that's not what we're one. speaking to in terms of what the NFL has been calling out over the last couple of years in terms of behavior patterns. What they want to punish, what they want to go back and retroactively punish, and what they want to like you know punish out the gate. So for example, Ray Rice, we'll throw him out there. Two game suspension for domestic violence. Now Ray Rice went in there and did actually what a lot of NFL players don't do. He actually admitted to it. Not only did he admit to it, he's like, yo, this is what happened. And when the tape came out, that's exactly what happened. Yet they went back and retroactively suspended him for the entire season. 
Now, Josh Brown, kicker, has had multiple like uh, run-ins with the police in terms of being arrested, whatever, for domestic violence. And he got a two-game suspension. Ezekiel Elliott supposedly is supposed to get a six-game suspension, although he has had no charges filed against him. So they're inconsistent in terms of how they want to like levy punishment. Going back to Philadelphia, not just the Riley Cooper thing, but there were players that were on the Philadelphia team that were saying that their coach at the time, Chip Kelly, was racist. Uh-huh. And then who got shipped out? All the best talent got shipped out of Philly. That's LaShawn McCoy. That's Deshaun Jackson. A couple other people wound up retiring or whatever or leaving or whatever or getting traded or whatever. But, you know, all these people wind up leaving and the team gets gutted. And then Chip Kelly finds himself in San Francisco somewhere else. Screwing up another team, obviously, because he can't coach professional football. But uh, um, all I'm saying is the owner was cool with all of that happening on his team. And then he wants to say, you know, the problem that we keep having is that, unfortunately, especially with the news media, unfortunately, people can't actually have their own story and their own narrative and their own message without somebody trying to take it and make it what they want to make it because they don't actually want to deal with the issue that's being presented. Because the, the fact of the matter is Colin Kaepernick was kneeling for quite some time before anybody even asked him why he was kneeling. Nobody really noticed at first that he was kneeling. People forget that part. So when Colin Kaepernick was kneeling, somebody asked him, he explained why he was kneeling and he made sure that he clarified, has nothing to do with the veterans, has nothing to do with the Star Spangled Banner and all that, go- the anthem, has nothing Which to do. Which is racist in and of itself. Yeah, yeah, there is that. But, you know, that, that, that's a whole other ball of wax. He, he was very clear, though, in saying that has to do with the inequality that is received by people of color when it comes to how they are treated by the police. In terms of like the brutality they receive either by being beaten by the police and or killed. So he was very clear about why he was protesting. Had nothing to do with the veterans, but that is the argument that people still keep trying to go back to. And that's what the owner tried to go back to. So this is a problem. So this leads me to my conversation with this, uh, this individual. So I'm weird. I have no intention uh, of watching the NFL this year, but I'm still competitive. So um, there, there's an office pool. <laughs> where you can play like uh uh football like pick them or whatever and if you put in x amount of dollars you have an opportunity to win x amount of dollars back so i'm like yeah if i win one week i make my investment back plus that whatever so whatever cool cool um i go and like talk to another co-worker who happens to be black he's a younger he's a younger dude um and i'm asking him is he gonna get in the in the, in the pool because honestly it's no fun competing with people i don't know if you're going to have bragging rights, you're going to have bragging rights against people you know. And um, uh, a, a white lady who was in the same office, you know, asked, she wanted to ask a question about college football. I know nothing about college football, and I pretty much told her that. And then, you know, she got into the whole thing about, you know, she can't stand Brady because he's, he whines a lot. I can agree with that. Everybody agrees with that, I'm, I'm sure, listening to this podcast. Uh, well, at least on this podcast. Um, she don't like that Kaepernick boy neither. Yeah, yeah, but she was like, yeah, she's like, well, Brady, like, you know, just shut down, shut up, and sit down and take your punishment like a man. You know, you see what Colin Kaepernick was doing, and he's a fucking water boy this year. And my coworker was like, whoa, <laughs> she's just like, like, look, and I could see he was uncomfortable, and I, I paused for a second, and it's just with that pause, just like, okay, do I say something, or do I just like just walk out? I can just walk out. It's probably easy for me to just walk out. But I was like, nah, fuck that. I, I had to say something. So I was like, uh, I just, I just want to uh, clarify here that Tom Brady uh, violated 
NFL policy and some rules, and Colin Kaepernick did not. And, and then she got into the whole thing like, yeah, well, you know, if you want to protest, you you can't do it on that song, you know, blah, 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 blah. You're supposed to da, da, da. And I'm like, okay, yeah. So when the Star Spangled Banner is playing, uh, do you, like, at home, do you stand up and, like, you know, put your hand over your heart? Silence. Well, no, it's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, I was, I was like you know, it's like, you know, you're basically, you're basically telling, um, you're saying it's okay to protest as long as it doesn't make you uncomfortable. And that's not how protest works. This, I said, what was the founding principle of this country? She said, uh, you know, freedom for religious persecution. I said, that's a good one. But uh, no, nah, it was, it's was actually like, you know, um, you know, um, freedom to be, um, you know, have your rights protected. Basically, if you're a citizen, you're supposed to have your rights protected or whatever. And you can have freedom to dissent, whatever. And um, representation, basically, is what it was about. You know, taxation without representation. They were being taxed. They ain't like that shit. So the first thing they did, they had a temper tantrum and they had a protest. Threw some shit in the water. Wasn't theirs. That's how they protested, and that's how this country is founded on the idea that you can protest and say what the fuck you want to say when you want to say it, because that's how this country rolls. Now I didn't say it like that, but it's essentially what I was getting at. So um, the fact that he took the oldest principle of this country, and now you're trying to put him across, put him on a cross for it, and then compare him to Tom Brady, is utterly ridiculous, and it's just like something I felt like I had to get in. So it was a, it was a a back and forth conversation, you know, and it 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 just it just it just went to weird places where it's like, okay, this person obviously is tone deaf, and this is not going to really go anywhere. But at the same time, it's just you keep talking. I just got to lob this shit back at you. I'm not like as as long as you stop talking, I won't say anything else. But you if, oh you say something else, okay, fine. I got to throw this at you because you know, the first thing that happens is they'll throw Chicago out at you. It's like fuck, like everything, everything got to be Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mind you, I had just been to Chicago the weekend before this conversation on the South Side. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was really, really not feeling the comp- the, the Chicago conversation or whatever. And it's Shout just out to St. Louis, burn that bitch down. <laughs> yeah, they're not happy. That's that's what's another uh, another verdict came out where they weren't going to charge another yeah, officer. I'm not guilty. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a lot going on, man. I, I just, I just, I, I felt like sharing that. I didn't want to get too heavy into it. There's a lot of disturbing things in that conversation, whatever. Um, but end of the day, you know, I said what I felt I needed to say, and I feel like doing this show with y'all has helped me to be able to to, to rein in my anger. <laughs> so, like, you know, like, but like, I could see my coworker when she made the comment about Colin Kaepernick. And he was like, whoa. And then, like, you know, she made another comment about Tamir Rice or whatever. I was like, because I brought up Tamir Rice and she made some reckless comment in return. And I was just like, yeah, okay. So this is about to go left. So hard left. Yeah, yeah. Her response to Tamir I mean, Rice. Right. Y'all was left to left. So huh? um, y'all was left to left. Hmm. So I don't, like, I got to ask you, what were you thinking? Like, how many, I, I, what did you think was gonna happen when you said Tamir Wright? Hmm? I feel like you were mad. No, no, like- no, I wasn't mad. No, I wasn't mad. I it was honestly, it, to me, it became a point where I was just like, the problem is when certain people make certain convers- comments or whatever, they feel like they can make them because they're comfortable making the com- the comment, and people are gonna either agree with them or they're not gonna have, actually have any facts to counter it. So my point was just to counter the bullshit she was saying. So when she said the thing about Colin Kaepernick, those Colin Kaepernick and Tom Brady are two different things. 
So then she went to go into Chicago and she's talking about, yeah, you know, where some like, you know, 13 year old kid is in an alley and like a police officer thinks he has a gun. So he just he does his job. But blah, blah, blah. I was like, you know, like, where were the parents? I say, like, what did the parents have to do with the situation? You know what I mean? So it's just like a lot of deflection and like bait and switch in her in her language. So I basically just used her own language and logic against her. So for me, it was fun. It was exercise. You know what I mean? But it was just one of those things. It's just like, this is unbelievable that like, you know, these are the type of people that you see. And she was saying, like, you know, I make these comments and people say that I'm a racist. And like, like I was like, yeah, well, I don't, I'm not, I don't have any that's comment racist, on that. racist, lady. Hmm? Yeah. Because that's racist. That's yeah, yeah. why. Yeah. So uh, it, it, it's just, it's, it, it, was, it was an interesting experience. It was. And it's one of those things that's, you know, perhaps something will resonate later. Who knows? Sometimes people find Jesus at a later time. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I can't I can't get into it. But at the end of the day, um, I'm not for that play play. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to just let you say, I don't care if we're at work or whatever, and that's not the time to talk about politics and shit. You open the door for that shit, and I'm not going to just let you say something and then let you think that you can say stuff like that around me on a regular basis. So I guarantee you, when she says shit around me, it won't be about stuff like that. I think she has learned her lesson. No, but I think that was good because I don't think a lot of people do that. I don't think people do that enough. Right. Go oh, check people. Yeah. Yeah. And I use and I use facts. And like, you know, she and she was basically coming at me with this, I think that, and the third. She basically came at you with the racist trifecta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chicago, Tamir Rice, Kaepernick. She didn't say I have a black grandbaby, you know what I'm saying? Just so nah. you understand how black unracist she wasn't. Nah, I mean, I, 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 can't, I can't call, like, you know, yeah, the, she's actually, I'm, 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 I'm willing to wager that she's younger than I am. But um, it, it, again, so she's got a black best friend. Huh? I don't know, but I mean, I'll tell you what got me invested in the conversation where I felt I need to at least lie back the the comments that she was making, because she was basically saying like, you know, after she said you can't, you're not supposed to on on this particular thing. And I told her like it had nothing to do with the the Star Spangled Banner or the veterans or anything like that. And I explained that situation and I was clear on that, you know, what made it like one of those things like, okay, now we just have to have this conversation. Because she went to the whole thing of like, yeah, well, you know, as I see it, you know, we're American. I'm an American. You're an American. And, you know, there's just we're Americans, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, I don't want people like, you know, looking at the game and seeing people kneeling and think we're divided. I'm like, but we're divided. You know what I mean? And you can say you're American. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's comfortable for you. You can say you're American or whatever. But, like, obviously, we're, we're not seeing the same way. You know Why what I mean? So, like, everybody huh? stuck on pretending? Yeah, but she said, you know, she said, she said, we need to get past it. I said, how can we get past it if we don't want to talk about it? You know, so, I mean, that's the reason why I felt I had to get, like, you're telling me to get over some shit, which is what she was saying. Like, you know, get over, you're American, and that's enough. And get over the shit, but how do we get over it if we never actually address the situation? So, I felt I had to address the situation. So, that's well, all it I'm, was. I'm black first. I'm American when I leave this soil. No. Right, I'm black first, and then I'm a, I'm, I'm a woman, and then um, so yeah. Things. When I leave here, I'm American, but not till I leave here. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, there it is. So. Oh, I feel like this has just been a week of problematic people. L'Oreal, let's throw them up there. 
Well, did we talk about them last week? Didn't we? Last well, they're, no, they're there. It's more. Did we? Yeah, because the transgender. You brought that up. Oh yes, we did. We talked about Monroe. Oh, because of her remarks about uh. Yeah, like, we talked about it in the last show. I thought, like, is there something else? No, but the foil to that is Fenty makeup is killing it. So. Shout out I, to the brown girl for shouting out the brown girls. I just happened to be in Sephora because I needed, um, I was looking for some glitter lip gloss because they have wet and wild. Yes, y'all, I love me some cheap makeup. Wet and wild has discontinued my glitter lip gloss, and I'm so sad because I bought three the last time I was in there. You gotta I be like, a, a you gotta be and like, uh, old girl. Feeling something about to go. Uh huh. You gotta be like, old girl, what's her name from Seinfeld? Uh, Elaine, Elaine, when she had to get the sponge. Are you sponge worthy? (laughs) So I went to Sephora to see if I could find me some good glitter lip gloss. I did. Well, it's actually lipstick, but it was blue and I love it. So whatever. Anyway, I was like, what is is this over here? Because it was just a section where it was just women. It was white women. It was a lot of white women. And it was some black women. I was like, what is going on over here? And then through like the cracks in the bodies, I saw Rihanna like big forehead, like a slice of her forehead. (laughs) Fenty Beauty. Fenty Beauty dropped this week. That's right. And let me tell you, the white girls were all over it. So, I mean, she not just coming for the black girls. She coming for everybody. So, is this her independent line, independent of any of the big like, players like Maybelline and L'Oreal? Fenty I'm Beauty sure. by Rihanna. Okay. The, the reason why I'm asking is sometimes people no, will have their own line saying. underneath. That's why I'm asking for clarification. No, this is her. No, That's what's up. That's she what's up. She's she been developing her Jessica Simpson on. Yeah, she about to get her Jessica Simpson on. She about to be so rich that that bitch might never sing a track again. I mm. mean, the the darker shades are sold out everywhere. Mm. And has it even been out a week? No. It's it, a week, maybe Friday or Saturday. Or maybe. Like right. dropped late in the week. Um, no, everything is sold out. But it was out. sold out early in the week. Oh, yeah. And I would not be surprised if, like, the back order is on back order. Because people love she it. She had. She had foundation, she had highlighter, she had um, lip gloss, she had uh, blotting paper, she had matting powder. I mean, mama came out ready to slay and she had all kinds of undertones and peach and cool and neutral and she was prepared for it. Every different kind of variation you can have as a woman trying to buy makeup, particularly as a black woman trying to brown makeup because if you just like I mean like NARS has good options for brown girls um MAC is kind of iffy they like to put everybody in that NW45 but I mean it works for me so I can't complain about so much but like if you just trying to like cheap out and go to CVS they have like three or four colors for every shade of brown wow okay it's like mahogany <laughs> uh, they always go there's always a mahogany yeah, you know and it's and never to me a nice brown it's never rich it always looks like very chalky, dark yeah like kind of washed like, out okay yeah like like you added some color to plaster not like you it's not like rich pigment and like the thing that's insulting about that is that lipstick eyeshadow almost everything now comes super pigmented so for them mm-hmm. to still be throwing out some trash ass chalky ass 
um, foundation for uh, dark skinned women. It's like, really? really? I mean, I, I'm going well, to have 75 shades of alabaster. I'm, 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 I'm glad. <laughs> Good shit. I'm, look, I'm glad to hear because I, I knew that something was on the horizon with the Rihanna with the makeup line. I just, I, I'm, I'm a dude. I wasn't paying attention to like that, but I'm glad to and, hear that it came out. I'm glad to hear that it's killing. And Had no, people and are loving it. I'm not surprised because so she has, beautiful. she has. If Beyonce did yeah. the same thing, she could kill. Like if Beyonce came out with a weave line, not that no shade in this at all. I'm just saying that Beyonce came out with a weave line, people will flock to it. And I feel like, you know, Raven Simone has been doing that for a minute with like, you know, she's had her different light types of weave or whatever. I think we need to start taking back our markets. And I, I, so I applaud Rihanna for that, man. I really do. It was very uh, well and done I, and very thoughtful and just like, hey, brown girls. I think she's going to change the way film looks. For brown people because I'm pretty sure a lot of makeup artists will be wanting that because I know like a lot of famous people were on Instagram Gabourey Sidibe um, a couple of other people like you know some people who like podcasts or like are more kind of like internet famous um, a lot of those people were like oh uh, check this out I'm here with my Fenty makeup foundation yes you know what I'm saying like so so people and people were doing all kinds of tests like this is me no filter in natural light this is me you know what I'm saying in fluorescent like people really went out and put it to the test and like I could see a lot of people first of all it just has everything that you need you know, and mm-hmm. so like the makeup game for film is different because now makeup a makeup artist can never step to you and say, I don't have nothing for you. Yeah, you know I mean because and, and and I think that like we think about the commercial aspect of it, like the retail aspect, but like she is going to make a killing on the professional end because who is competing with her? And she also last week um had a runway show in New York Fashion mm-hmm. Week where mm-hmm. she had her own fashions and mm-hmm. all of her models. We're wearing Fenty Beauty. That's what's mm-hmm. up. I mean, that's how you're supposed to do it, though. So she had a business yeah. plan, and that's what's up. Um, the one thing that um, that that what Chris was saying was uh, reminding me of, and this is just business, like ladies and gentlemen, like you know, have your plan together, write that shit out, and like you know, execute. But like Oprah Winfrey changed the way that she did her set design years ago. She changed the lighting because she realized um, that the way black people are filmed on TV and the way we show up or whatever, it doesn't favor the natural tones in our skin. So she had the lighting changed on her show. So it's interesting to see like, you know, that type of like detail in terms of how the lighting and set design is now to like mix that with now like a a more conducive type of makeup type. What's going to come out of that? But they also did that on Insecure. Like they were very thoughtful about the lighting that they used. Um, even the if you look back to the scene on uh, when Issa was talking to Daniel when they were at the day party mm-hmm. and there was like the blue lighting that was very reminiscent of Moonlight, um, mm-hmm. like that started a, a whole discussion about how thoughtful they were about how black actors looked on film mm-hmm. and how careful they were with deciding like how to light the sets. Oh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting that Oprah was the only one. I'm just saying that I is know, a thing. I'm contributing to oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I just want to be clarified that I, no. I wasn't trying to take away from that. No. And the director of photography for Insecure actually um, gave an interview within the last week or two. And so I've seen an article that's kind of been circulating around Facebook um, and Twitter about how they do light 
uh, the people from Insecure, but one of the things that she also said is it's not just the lighting, it's also the makeup. Like she makes sure they use basically something that like will give you like a dewy feel. Mm-hmm. That when uh, it hits the skin, you know, like the light is dispersed and you're able to co- catch all the highlights and, and like the glow and the richness of the skin tones. So, I mean, for her, it's, you know, half lighting, but it's also very much a makeup thing. Like, you know, she has a lot to say about the kinds of makeup that they use because she wants the skin to look a certain way and she needs uh, the makeup to be reflective. Right. Um, I mean, so well, I think that. It's definitely working. I mean, because one of the com- conversations I've had, I know, I know for sure with Takia is, um, Issa Rae's got some beautiful skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Did she just sign with? Well, yeah, she did. Cover girl. Yes. She signed with. Yes, yeah, she girl. did. Yeah, she did. She did. But you know, you know, if they got somebody like a, a Rihanna who's in the offing or whatever, don't think that that can't. You know, at the end of that contract, switches can't be made. Uh, so you know, get that money. You know, I would actually be interested in seeing who the first non Rihanna model is going to be like the first, you know, big name to go out mm-hmm. and really um, endorse it. I love how she's got these other uh, lines shook, though, because everybody was putting out their their one shade of black girl makeup. Mm-hmm. Like, look, we've got uh, we've got mahogany because that's what they all like to go. With. <laughs> no, what? And, 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 no, and this is one thing I love about the show because what y'all talking about? Y'all talking about makeup, and you're talking about Rihanna's recognizing a need basically for an audience that has been basically loyal to to like you know a specific brand because that's what was available to them or whatever. But somebody's basically investing in them, and th- that audience is going to turn around and invest back in them. That demographic, rather, it's going to turn around and it's going to she'll be repaid in kind because she's actually doing something for her demographic. And that's all people are saying about the NFL boycott. Basically, I mean, the owners. I mean, makeup yeah. is expensive as hell. Yeah, and if you uh, want to invest in I, it, you want to make sure you invest in something that's actually going to be. Right. So it's like the idea that you're going to spend all this money on some shit that's going to make you look washed out and or ashy and or you know like Caitlyn Jenner's dead ass on the on her Mac campaign. Like you don't want any of that and. You can't buy cheap stuff because then you got to buy like two, three shades because you have to mix it to try to get something that almost hits mm-hmm. your skin tone correctly. And God help you if you don't mix it exactly right the next day. Because <laughs> um, I've been there. So, yeah, the idea that like some $40, I think it might be $40, some $40 foundation where, you know, you there's all these various shades and you can not only get something that matches your skin tone, but also your undertones. And you don't have to worry about like, if you're going to look weird in this lighting, as opposed to like outside lighting, as opposed to fluorescent lighting. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, black people spend money. Well, I feel like makeup period is expensive. It is. Like it's, it's just, very I mean, expensive. It's, it's not cheap at all. And I'm just, grateful that I only play in eyeshadow because and, and lip gloss because I can actually keep it pretty cheap but I mean like I bought two Kat Von D uh, lip glosses which are lovely but not cheap I'd like to have died like mm-hmm. I was so glad that they didn't actually have a price tag on them I just went up to the counter and I knew it was going to give me sticker shock but I was like god damn like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like sometimes I go in Target and I'm like, I came to get toothpaste and I spend a hundred dollars. Anytime I go in Sephora, I'm like, all right, let me get ready to like give up my kidney 
and like my left arm. Girl, I, I might never I'm about go to, in like, there again. I might never go in there ma- again. No, I'm about to do some major damage. Like, and I'm not even for makeup, really, but just the amount of glitter that they had, I was like, I want all of this. So let me ask you a question I, very quickly. I love makeup. Let me ask you a question very quickly, because I, I think this is the first question. You know, I, I, I like talking about business, entrepreneurship, and all that good stuff. First question I should have asked, what is the price point for uh, for these fancy products? Is there a scale? Like, did you get a chance to get an idea what, like, the, what the products cost on a, on average? They, I think the foundation is forty dollars. Is that is that economical? I don't know. Is that is that good? How much about, for forty dollars? That's about that's average that, for a good foundation. That's okay. some shit that makes you look good. It's average, yeah. Okay. I mean, like, wh- okay. So this is what I can say. It was a wall of people. So I mean, people were definitely on it. Um, I didn't get up close and personal, but like from what I could see from afar, all the products look to be the same standard. You know, like size that any whatever product that she was selling was like nothing on the wall looked extra big or extra small. Everything looked like, Oh, like that's makeup. You know, the only difference is it was Fenty, you know, so it's got a bunch of colors, you know, that like people have really been needing because that's a demographic that's really been left out. But, you know, um, I don't think that there was anything remarkable about it other than how well done it is. So I don't think that it's overpriced. I don't think it's underpriced. I think that like, it would probably be considered um, maybe like a higher end brand. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. super luxury because it's not like Yves Saint Laurent or something like that. But I mean, like, I, I think that pricing wise, it's probably on par with Mac um, or any other kind of like, you know, well-known uh, makeup brand that's not available in a drugstore. Because the reality is when you go into a place like Sephora, you know, Sephora is basically like the makeup counter, since it's, ba- I mean, it's basically like the makeup counter in a department store. You know what I'm saying? Like department store makeup is always, you know, it's it's almost never able to be found in the drugstore. And even if it's right. a brand that can be found in the drugstore, the products that they're selling at the counter is never at the drugstore. So it's on par with, you know, what I would call your typical mid-range to high-end. And the only reason why I would throw mid-range in there is because for people who can, who do spend money on makeup, it's affordable because that's what they will spend money on. And I will only say mid-range because, you know, I'm pretty sure that like, you know, if you go into a Barney's, there's probably like some $300 foundation. The question is, is that $300 foundation actually worth $300? No, it's just worth $300 because it's in Barney's. So the foundation is $34 and just comparatively NARS foundation, same size is 47 Okay, so oh. she's so she's pricing her shit to kill too. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love well, well, it. And then we we also have to think about it's going to be all over the Caribbean because she's from Barbados, so you know what I'm saying. So they're gonna sell it there. And I feel like you know, as Black people, we think about this being for us by us, and it is. But the reality is, most of the world is brown. And so most of the world will be looking into this because the way she's done it, especially with like being able to blend the undertones in with, you know, a base foundation, like she basically is going to be able to cater to everybody. And I think for her being West Indian almost puts her to an advantage because, you know, she's from a former British colony that I think is still part of, you know what I'm saying? The, the, that whole United Kingdom status thing where, you know, like the, 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 what, 
what do they call it? the Commonwealth of Nations? So like, you know, they're still kind of tangentially connected to the British crown. And what that means is that when she created a makeup line, she already knew up close and personal from her own upbringing, from what she's seen on Barbados. You know what I'm saying? That like the world is browner than just black people. You know what I'm saying? Because there's a lot mm -hmm. of uh, East Indian and, um, East and Asian Chinese people in the Caribbean because when slavery ended, they needed workers from somewhere. And so they just went to their other colonies and imported workers to their more profitable colonies. Yeah. I just want to, uh, as we get ready to close this out or whatever, um, I just want to give a slow clap. Thank you for bringing that up, man. I think like, that she gives, she deserves a Madam CJ Walker clap for that because that's what she's about to be. Uh, that's that's dope. So, I mean, I knew I knew she was coming out with something. I just didn't know how she was going to do it, and I was just going to wait to hear about it. So I'm happy to hear about it, and I'll, I'll definitely be keeping an eye out for that. hope she goes public. Might invest uh, in that. Might invest in that. Huh? I don't. You know. No, because when you go public, you no longer have control over your company. You're beholden to shareholders. I was yeah, if you're the number one shareholder, you can still do what the fuck you want to do. People do it all the time. Mm, not really. Yeah. But uh, I, I want to thank uh, my lovely co-hosts for being the awesome people that they are. So thank you, uh, T. Rich. You're welcome. Thank you, K. Savage. My pleasure. Indeed, indeed. Uh, we want to say if you are trying to check us out and you're not listening to us via www.flashblackradio.com, you can also check us out on SoundCloud, on Stitcher, on TuneIn, on iTunes, or the podcast app on your iPhone, or you can check us out on Google Play. All those places will do. Oh, and also through the Facebook group or the Facebook page. Either one, both of those are at Flash Black Radio. And you can check us out on Twitter at Flash Black Radio or at Flash Black News. And we are also on IG. And I, yeah, I have no words to say about IG. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. We're on IG. An appropriate picture. Well, I mean, okay, something that Facebook is going to flag. Take a picture of yourself. Indeed. And as always, uh, we ask that you continue to uh, ride with us, man. Let us know what you think. Uh, please tell a friend, tell a friend to tell a friend. Thank you for listening. Stay blessed, stay woke. Peace. Peace.